Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. Hey there. Sorry, took me a little bit of time to get on there. Oh my God, you still sound sick. I know. It's every single time I get sick, I lose my voice. So (laughs) I sound worse than I am. I still have a cough, but... I'm coming back, guys. I'm coming back. Yeah, this is why we didn't um, have a show last week, because Lisa was on death's door. And actually, I was on death's door the week before that, but it didn't matter because it was Thanksgiving. Well, it didn't matter to you guys. Definitely better to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, um, yeah, but I am all caught up on my uh, 90-day fiancé. Yes, me too. um, So, should we just get right in? Definitely. You know, and it's so funny because I have this terrible habit. And, you know, when you and I first started this, we were taking these like copious notes, but they were kind of like too copious so that we would end up going through it like kind of too slowly and discussing stuff that I think wasn't actually that interesting. But now I have kind of the opposite problem where I don't have like a notepad handy when I'm watching it. And sometimes something happens where I'm like, oh, my God, if I had a piece of paper right now, I would for sure talk you know write this down and talk about it in the podcast because like especially this season I'm noticing stuff's happening and I'm talking about like more like nuanced poignant stuff not so much like lol stuff yeah where you're kind of seeing the dynamic between people and it just blows your mind you know and I'm trying to like think and it happens at least once an episode and I will say that this time I do remember it which is why I bring it up otherwise it would just be a pointless um you know note but when I was watching the scene, and we can just start with them if you don't mind. I'm, I'm talking about um, Juliana and Michael. That's yes. his name, right, Michael? Yes. yes. He's such a, like, a forgettable white guy. It's, like, hard to even remember his name. But, of course, his name would be Michael or, like, Chris, you know. Mm-hmm. No offense to you and your husband. Um, <laughs> and um, although I'm married to a guy named Namir, so I'm kind of on the opposite spectrum. Anyway, neither here nor there. So when they were talking to that fucking wedding planner... That $10,000, that person that they found on the street, no offense, oh, but like she, yeah. looked, she looked complete, like a complete hack to me. She looked like she had no professionalism, like the way that you, you even like in her confessional, I was like, how could you say that about people who are about to pay you $10,000 to do nothing, by the way, because how hard could it possibly be to throw $100,000 at a backyard wedding and have something that you could take a picture of? But I still haven't gotten to my point. My point is... Listening to Michael and Juliana try to explain the situation regarding her family was probably one of the darkest things I've ever seen on this franchise. That was hard. That was really hard. That was sad. I can't actually wrap my mind around it. And I absolutely refuse to judge anyone in this situation. And, you know, I try generally not to judge and I fail and in this case, I, I, tr- I literally can't judge them because I cannot decide in my heart of hearts if anyone is insensate evil in this scenario. And if so, who? Like, I, I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out if it's my goal being this like entitled prick, you know, from Connecticut. And I'm from Jersey. Like I've met tons of these guys and they're all the same. 
or Juliana for sort of abandoning her family. You know, it looks like not sending money that she could send maybe. And again, this is all, this is all conjecture, but like, this is where my mind goes, right? And it's probably where the viewers' minds go. You know, is she literally not inviting her family to her wedding because she's afraid they're going to steal the flower arrangements? Like what the fuck? And then the family, are they going to steal the fucking flower arrangements? Are they not happy for her? Are they going to be coming with their hands out? If they are, is that okay? Or is that to be expected? Cause they lived in such, they lived such poverty. I mean, this was like the most thought provoking scene in 90 day fiance history for me. And I'm sorry if I'm like blowing it over out of proportion, but I no, was like, no, 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 but shocked. I understand. I mean, the thing is this, you have two people from two vastly different backgrounds, right? And cultures. And they're joining together from our, pers- I mean, from their perspective because they're in love, right? So for yeah. them, it's this love match. And even from us, it's this like, mar- whatever, marriage of convenience or whatever. They're both yes. getting what they want out of it, right? You and I have said that, yeah. Right. But they're, but they're to get, for whatever reason, they've decided to come together. And her position, I mean, I, I kind of understand because this happens even here, not even when you're dealing with two different countries. And, you know, you have people here where you have a girl who marries into a wealthy family well, and then true. her family is constantly like, well, where's our money? Or even you get a kid, you see this in like Hollywood, that's a true. kid be- rises to fame and has all this money. And then all the family comes out, the vultures kind of come out. I mean, this is why Oprah, I think, dealt with this a little bit, saying how she was very concerned about meeting the sister that she had because she didn't want to be this like, oh, great, we're related to Oprah. Everybody, you know, make her get out her checkbook. I think that's such a good point. But I have to say, I think that the parallel loses me on the degree because when you're talking well, yes, about yes. any degree of, frankly, any degree of poverty in the United States, and I'm sorry, and, I, and I'm sorry if this is an insensitive remark being that I don't come anywhere near that category. I've never come anywhere near that category, but I have a basic understanding of geopolitics. And I'm sorry, but like the worst level of poverty in the United States does not compare to the worst levels of poverty in, you know, second and third world countries. And it seems to me that Juliana is actually coming not from like the bottom and the bottom and the bottom of the worst but she's down there. I think her family, the way she described what the money that she was making, not having any food, needing to go steal food from the neighbors. I mean, even the neighbor had more money than they had. And the neighbor we would consider below the level of the worst poverty in the United States, I imagine. So, and again, this is all conjecture, but just based on what she's told us. So it, it takes away from the idea to me of her, and this is why I won't judge them of her family being painted as like vultures in some way, they could literally be on sort of almost death's door, you know, the point of actual need and desperation. And then looking at somebody who has so much, who is related to you, who has the ability to give you something and expecting it because of course they kept her fed all these years and this and that, and whatever arguments are going through their minds that it's not the same as just the greed of like a momager, you know? No, but also at the same time, I don't think she's like cutting off her family. I mean, she basically set him up with like the, she gave her sister a car. The one, the car. I mean, all you hear about is the car. You know, that, that's, that's all, all you really hear know. about. Oh, but like, I'm sure there's been other things. And he was mad about that. He didn't think she should have done that. Do you remember the look on his face when he realized he was like financing a Brazilian cab, you know, racket? Like he, he, he's angry about that. He doesn't. Well, think because she he feels that. he feels taken advantage of. You know, exactly. I mean, so, I mean, how I, much I has he really given them? Too. I mean, because, well, she had a credit card, right? When she was I there. Know, and I she know. used it. I mean, yeah, buying a car, 
is a little bit extravagant expense to put on a credit card, but you know, she could have been for, for, we don't really appreciate how much a dollar goes in the town where she, where she lived. I, I mean, wish we had a better picture. We of could, yeah, we, it might have been. She was spending a hundred dollars here and there, and for him, he's like, "I don't care about that." But for their family, it could have been feeding them for weeks. You know, we just don't know. And I don't get the sense that they've cut them off. I get the sense that she's just concerned with them coming and seeing the level of wealth that she's now experiencing whereas before it was like oh she's got this rich american boyfriend who's giving them some money i think for them to actually come here and see it i mean a hundred thousand dollars for a wedding is ridiculously expensive my wedding cost ten thousand dollars yeah it wasn't in my backyard no i know and mine was not nearly hundred mine was like twenty five thousand dollars but it was at a venue we had 250 people it was like, for me, I thought was a pretty big wedding. That's and, a real deal wedding. Yeah. I mean, yeah. mine was much smaller than that. But I also, I mean, so for, for I can't even imagine what a $100,000 wedding must look like. In to your me. backyard. To what me. the fuck are they spending this money on? Well, I also think that things are a little bit more um, inflated for people like him. Like yeah, they are, but this is why like I hate sucker. that wedding planner. It's like no, her, totally. her, her fucking fee was the amount of my entire wedding. Like, I, I, you know, and I didn't yeah. get married that long ago. I got married in Lake Tahoe. It's a very nice place. It's, you know, I, I don't, I, 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 when she said that figure, I actually laughed. Yeah, I know. I was like, what, what exactly do you think you bring to the table, sweetheart? She can't even have the decency to not talk shit about her own client on a confessional the day she meets him and he what writes her the check. I mean, I took such umbrage with that wedding planner. I really yeah. did. She was terrible. That really pissed me off. And then the, the way that she was like, I felt that she was pandering for this, you know, to the camera for this conversation that really should never have happened with her at least. And frankly, not with the camera, but they're on a show. So that's different. But like, what was she doing? Asking all those like hypersensitive family questions you know it yeah. doesn't matter whether Some it's your first business. or second wedding like what are you talking about she just had she literally had no discretion they might as well have hired like a girl from high school I just I was yeah. so I was so irritated by that and for her to be charging such a premium and of course the amount that it, it's going to cost overall I mean is so ridiculous and for them to purposefully exclude her family because the wedding cost a lot was hard for me to take because of course to me, and, and this is where I can't judge her. I just can't because I've never been in this situation. But I cannot imagine excluding my own family from my wedding just to hide from them the fact that something costs a lot more than it frankly needs to. They could go to City Hall. You know, they could not have a wedding, whatever. Or they could just have it be a lot less fancy, have a real backyard wedding, you know, mm-hmm. and invite her family, you don't choose fancy wedding over family. I just, I don't get it. Yeah, unless you hate your family and that's fair enough, but it doesn't seem like she does at all. And so it seems to me like she may be in the middle here, but I think she's clearly chosen to go like sort of full tilt towards Michael and a new life and just completely forget about everything back home. And that's, that's tough to take. I don't think she, I, I, I see it a little differently. I don't think. Good. I hope so. I don't think she's forgetting about her family. I think, first of all, I don't think they're choosing to have a hundred thousand dollar wedding. I think that they have a very, they have 30 days to plan a wedding. And so 
I do think that they're being gouged ridiculously. Um, but I also think it's like they want something done very nicely and probably very well in a very short amount of time. I mean, it took me a long time to plan my thirty or $25,000 wedding. I can't imagine what they're expecting in a 30-day wedding, you know? And so they have a very short timeline, first of all. Second of all, I think probably this comes more from her just being embarrassed about yeah. showing her family yeah, it's the shame what she's living in. I mean, it's probably very shameful for her to be like, it, it feels probably very braggadocious, right? To be like, oh, come and see my fabulous new life while you guys go back to your shitty poverty stricken lives. And I mean, she, she, she may can't feel save that way. everybody. She may feel that way, but I think for Michael, it's just purely he doesn't want them coming with their hands out. And that's I gross. I don't know that he had much say in it. Oh, I think I'm not coming. I don't yeah. know. I got the impression he did. I, I thought I felt it was a pretty joint decision just based on the way they were talking about it. Maybe. I feel like it was probably her saying, I prefer that they not be here for this because it's going to be embarrassing. And he's just kind of, you know, supporting, supporting her. I mean, she did take that FaceTime call with them, what, like in the bathtub or something so that they wouldn't know how big her house is. (laughs) It's very um, sad. Well, it feels like the start of a movie that ends very badly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the end of a movie that's that's very happy, but it's the start of a movie that's very sad. And by that Disney movie, she'd walk into the house, it would be the end of the movie, and she'd live happily ever after. But this is the other way around where she's walking into the house at the beginning of the movie. And then we just get to watch her lose more and more of her identity, you know, be put into more and more vulnerable situations and positions by him, lose her connections with her family, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Until what? I mean, they break up. I mean, and she gets packed, sent packing back to Brazil. I mean, I, I don't know, mm-hmm. but it's so sad. And I will say just one more thing about this couple that I have to say, which is that his wife, his ex-wife, you, you've heard me mention the term wasp before, which is white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. That's where yeah. I come from. Um, and there's this way of being that wasps have where we don't talk about stuff. Um, we, we, don't, we don't air dirty laundry. That's like the biggest thing. So you wouldn't generally see a true wasp on reality TV. It just wouldn't happen. Right. Even like, you know, the New York housewives, for example, they're not real wasps. No, 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 no. And, and that's like the closest I think you get to, or, or a Beverly Hills, they're not wasps either. No, 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 no. They're no, California no. people. It's a little different. LA well, and people, he's really money. different. Michael is new money. He's new money, but I get the impression that his wife, for, I just see it in her eyes, her dead, lifeless eyes, that she is a true bred, thoroughbred wasp. And she's the queen bee of the wasps. The way that she... The way that she must be feeling inside, looking at this situation, not only that her husband's left her, because he clearly did, that he's with this child who is as beautiful as humanly possible, in my opinion, and sweet, and from abject poverty. So she's, her mind is blown by all of this, and she's taken in by this old man with a gut. And this woman is now taking care of her kids, braiding her kids' hair, moving into the house down the street, marrying this guy, no prenup, no idea what's going to happen with the money. And the way she manages to very convincingly pretend that she doesn't want to murder this girl and hang her by the neck 
in the village square is so deeply impressive to me. And I just have to give her a slow clap for that. I don't have it in me. Yeah, I guess. But that's waspiness at its finest. This woman. Yes. She's the paradigm. But, you know, I've heard and um, I saw an article where she says that the part where she tells Juliana that she doesn't want her to parent the kids was taken out of context. I'm sure it was. She didn't <laughs> want anything out that made her look anything less yeah. than essentially someone who just doesn't give a shit in a nice way. But she and she she says that she and Juliana are friends. Sure. Now, but she's remarried. It doesn't matter. I mean, you don't you don't get past that. You know, your kids with this child, you know, your husband trading you in for a new model, all that stuff. I mean, this is this is life in Greenwich. You know, it happened to probably all of her friends one by one. It's happened to her now. And she manages to I mean, most people would just not be on the show. You know what I mean? But I think she just took it to such a different level of I'm going to go out there and I'm going to prove that I don't care and that I'm like above it all and this and that. And I just think it's very, very impressive that she's able to maintain that. And then you see her, you see it slip, you see it slip a couple of times. So I'm not surprised at all that she comes out, you know, and tries to defend it and downplay those moments where anything remotely close to how she really feels comes out. Cause I'm sure she wants to claw Juliana's eyes out. I couldn't, I've, I've never been more sure of anything in my life. It's about, yeah. Okay. I can see it. I can see it. I just, I actually think that this couple might survive. No way. There's not a snowball's chance in hell that this couple will survive. She, I think, will make it through to the point that she can't get sent back. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. I think because she is opportunistic, ultimately. And I think she's opportunistic unconsciously I think she's such a sweet person her actual disposition is what it is but I think that coming from the 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 degree of inequality here is so overwhelming that when she wakes up one day and is no longer feeling grateful to him and indebted to him and vulnerable to him which will happen as soon as either she's reached a certain point in the prenup and or she has her green card and or she's modeling and or she's got a certain amount of fame from the show because we all know the Real Housewives wives, lily pad scheme with husbands. Mm-hmm. There is no ever loving way that they last more than, I'd say, 10 years, more like five. That's still a significant marriage. Yeah, I think they'll make it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's going to be like a Molly and Louise situation. If that's what you meant. No, no, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll last until they don't. But I mean, yeah, I don't. I just thought, I just don't see it as like a... I don't see it as a green card marriage. I see it as a little bit more and something that's probably going to last a little bit longer. I don't think it matters to her so much that he's American. I think it just matters that he has money. Yeah, I think that's true. I think if he was British or from any, like, first world country, she would have been just as equally excited, you know? Yeah. Or even, like, a Middle Eastern guy, you know, like, they're very wealthy Saudis, guys from Dubai, like, this and that. These guys are constantly messing around with models and, you know, I don't think they usually marry them, but you know, that could have, that could have just as easily happened. That's true. Um, but so I, I do like them though, as a couple, I think that though they're, they're at least affectionate with one another, with one another. They seem like they accept, enjoy each other. They can communicate with each other. I know the bar is low, but this is what we're working with here. I mean, the ick factor is there, though. 
Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's just generally an ick factor. You know what I mean? Like, well, but some of the couples are young and just stupid, you know, like Sasha and, and Emily or whatever her name is. But this, you know, this is different. This is like an old man and a beautiful young woman. I'm talking yeah. about that ick factor. Yeah, yeah. Having nothing to do with their nationalities, nothing at all. No, I know. I get it. Yeah, but I, I, I still like them. I still like, I still feel like there's a little bit of, um, I feel like they're a little genuine. They're my favorite couple. I mean, I'll, I'll say that. I'm the, again, low bar. It's a very low bar, but they're definitely my favorite. I yeah. mean, I like watching them. She's just seriously one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen. Yes. I mean, she should actually be a supermodel. She's prettier than Gigi Hadid, you know, Bella Hadid, yeah. whatever her name is, Cindy Crawford's daughter. Like she's. Kaya. She is so much prettier than, I mean, truly more, just more beautiful mm-hmm. than any of those girls. And of course she's skinny and all this and that, and she has beautiful hair. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think Cindy Crawford should have just adopted her <laughs> or Yolanda Hadid. That would have worked out beautifully. Then she would have been the supermodel. She would have the star power, you know, and she wouldn't have to marry this creepy old guy and have sex with him. Well, I thought it was interesting that she'd been married before. That was so sad. Yeah, that was curious. I had. Oh, I can't believe she she left him. I mean, that I'm I'm shocked by that. Just given that it sounds like it was essentially a forced marriage, mm-hmm. I I'm surprised that she actually felt like she could leave. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. I mean, I'm I'm overwhelmed with relief that she. That, I mean, this thing. Imagine what the story could have been. We never would have heard it, and she would have been this abused, impoverished woman in fucking Brazil, and no one ever would have known. Yeah. You know, I mean, Michael's better than that, at least. I, I mean, I certainly don't think he's abusive in any way, shape or form. No, I think he's I think for all intents and purposes, he's a kind man. She she definitely matched well. I, well, let's go into a couple who I just think will not make it. And they kind of bother me. It was a newer couple, Blake and Jasmine and Jasmine. They were just introduced to us, I think, two episodes ago. She's from Finland, and she has a uh, sister who has already come to the U.S. and I think is either a citizen or has a green card. Yeah, these two are rough. They're rough. He seems like a really nice guy. He He's seems a moron. Like, yeah, but he seems like a pretty decent, nice guy. She seems – I keep having to remind myself that she's from Finland. I don't have yep. a very um, stereotypical view of Finnish women. Um, I forget about Finland I do, like, regularly. But I have a sort of stereotypical view of Ukrainian women having seen several of them and Russian women having seen like Sasha's ex-wife. And this she kind totally of fits into she that. She fits into that. So she's very cold. She's very, um, she's not very affectionate. I don't even know that she likes Blake. Um, it's, it's a very odd coupling. It seems to me very obvious that she's here because her sister's here and she wants to be here to be by her sister. And Blake is just the vehicle by which she's going to do that. Otherwise, I don't see any reason why she's here. I thought that too, 100%. And then that was undermined for me when the parents pulled the rug out from one of them and said that they couldn't stay at the house together and that she could only stay by herself. And she seemed finally to show genuine emotion and really didn't want to be away from Blake. And I, I think that there's a good chance that she's just someone who culturally, whether it be her national culture or her family culture or whatever, 
doesn't show, just has been taught not to show a lot of emotion. And so doesn't show a lot of emotion, but this was like the, the, the veil being sort of pulled away momentarily to show us that she really does sort of have a connection with him. And I hope that's true. I'm not convinced of that. I'm just saying it was evidence militating against our shared conclusion that she is, See, and she, you know, I thought her reaction was just that she didn't want to be in the house. These two random people. She doesn't know, but she didn't and say that. She no, said she didn't want to sleep alone, she, but she's right. But it could have been Blake. It could be her sister. I just think that Blake's the only person she knows. And so she's trying to say, I don't want to be here by myself. I don't know that it's because she's in love with Blake or because she has this connection to Blake. I think it's because she doesn't want to be in this house by herself. I think Blake could be her sister. I think it could be anybody else. But but the parents would probably let the sister come stay with her. I mean, the parents only problem was that the the marriage issue. I mean, I think they would let the sister come see there, you know? Yeah. I just think that, I don't know. I'm not convinced. I think this woman is very strange. I think the whole like, let, you know, I feel like people go on dates and they go out to dinner because that's their opportunity to connect. I mean, I know yeah, this that is true was so odd. with my husband, you know, and when we were dating and now that we're married and we have date nights, we go out to dinner and when we go out to dinner. That's like our opportunity to talk without children bothering us the whole time. Right. So yeah, we're exactly. talking, we're connecting, we're eating, whatever. And the fact that she says, I eat in silence kind of yeah. was so awkward and bizarre for me. I just thought. That is really weird. I also, I know she was tired when she met with his friends and everything. And I get that she was tired and I have, you know, compassion for her because it must've been a long trip and all of that stuff. But like, this is your opportunity to meet a new friend group. And you don't know anybody in this country except for your sister and Blake. Like, suck it up a little bit. Like, she was so kind of like, "Mm, I'm going to go lay down. So there is there room is there room in our shared concerns, because I share every single concern that you just said, either with, without any reservation, but is there room within that shared, you know, realm of concern to think that maybe she is just a prissy, self-centered, bratty, millennial Instagram model who is in a real relationship with this guy? I think everything is true except for real relationship with this guy no but that's my point like all these things are consistent with her just being kind of a bitch right like there are plenty of bitchy girls out there who are in marriages and relationships with men that they do care deeply about but they still ultimately behave in very selfish you know ways maybe that over time erodes the relationship etc but the notion of like this actually being a green card relationship is to me, not a sure thing, even considering the fact that I think she's a heinous human being. It doesn't mean that she is, in, you know, embarking on a green card marriage. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're not mutually dependent. You could just be a terrible person who happens to be in a relationship where you're getting a green card and not be in a green card relationship. Yeah, I know. I guess that's true. I just... I, I just am struggling to see any oh, connection yeah. between She's these She's so two. suspicious. She's so suspicious. Everything she says and does is suspicious. But again, it could be a bad edit. You know, like that thing with That's her true. saying that to That's him. That's true. That's true. God knows what he was doing. What if, if we'd seen that whole scene, he was fucking talking her ear off, complaining maybe about the fact that she didn't hang out with his friends for half an hour. And finally, she's just like, hey, man, can I just eat my dinner? And all we hear is, hey, man, can I just eat my dinner? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, 
You never know. I mean, I certainly, it's so easy to do her dirty, I imagine, because she says dumb stuff. She comes off so poorly. She looks so dead behind the eyes. Like, I think it would just be so easy to give her a bad edit. I don't think that producers would be able to resist, you know? Yeah. So what are we not seeing is my question with her. And I felt that the only time they weren't doing her dirty was when they kind of showed her, apparently to me, communicating that she really wants to be with Blake. She wants, you know, and then Blake saying to her that she, she insisted on coming early. I thought that was really interesting too. That that's really indicative that she was in a long distance relationship and it was emotionally hard for her and she wanted to be with her partner, you know, otherwise if she was going to get the green card and everything was going to happen anyway, why rush it? You know, you're just rushing the time that you're going to have to pretend to like somebody for years on end you know what I mean like why not party it up in Finland for another few weeks yeah that's true I guess I mean I guess that's all very interesting I do I I I will give her the benefit of the doubt how's that oh I'm not I'm not saying I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt oh by no means I'm just saying I have doubts now just after this last episode because before this episode I was 100% in your camp I too was comparing her to like sort of the Slavic women we've seen before and please don't no tagging people I know it's troubling to say but you know the stereotype that we've been presented on the show I totally totally pinned her in that category and dismissed her out of hand and then I really I really started seeing sort of evidence that was contrary to that Mm -hmm. in this episode and so I just had to mention it because I think most people are dismissing her out of hand and she makes it very easy to do that no I agree um I don't know I will we'll, I'm the jury's out jury's out agreed um I think that um I I felt that it was really unfair of him to not confirm with his parents that he was going to be staying there yeah I think they screwed him on this one because that's weird, right? You know, I, I hate to say it, but, like, I've had people do this to me, too, even family members, where you end up feeling gaslit by something. Like, okay, we talked about this. You said definitively you were going to do A, and now you're just pretending that you never – not only are you not going to do A, but you never would have done A. And actually, you agreed to do B. I mean, I've literally had very close family members do that exact thing to me, and I have been 100% certain that it was A you know, 100%. And that no one could possibly have confused it. And that it really is this like passive aggressive, narcissistic, like gaslighting technique. And I think that's what happened with his parents. I think maybe they didn't expect Jasmine to come as early as she did, or they simply changed their minds or one of them agreed to it and didn't talk to the other one. And And then the other one had a problem with it. And now they're blaming it on Blake. I don't believe that a guy like him, cause he strikes me as pretty well organized and, reasonable and rational and they're also very respectful of his parents i don't think that he would have ever put them in this situation where they were literally moving in with the suitcases without being 100 percent certain about it i think that the parents are gaslighting him for some reason and i'm guessing it's not very nefarious well it could be for the show that's my number one okay that's my number one guess come on yeah, i mean this true. is tv this is fucking tv and this is the only real drama these two could have are probably going to have all season frankly because they're just they're not very interesting yeah they're not um i mean she's she's like a i mean we talk about all this stuff but she's really like a cardboard cutout of a human being i mean she might as well be just on instagram 
and not in real life, you know. So I think it's probably for the show. But if it's not for the show, I don't blame Blake. Not for one second. No, I agree. Um, Okay. So they're boring and I don't like them and I don't think they'll last. No. Um, Okay. So let's talk about another couple that I do not believe will last. Um, Emily and Sasha. (laughs) Okay. I think they're my least favorite. Actually, no. Robert and and Annie are my least favorite. But these two are probably my second to least favorite. Um, she irritates the shit out of me and he irritates the shit out of me for very different reasons. They both irritate the shit out of me. She is somebody that I think under normal circumstances, he would never enter into a relationship with. But I think he also is this very weird guy who like hooks up with girls, gets them pregnant and then leaves. Like it's very strange. They said on the bitch sesh podcast recently that they thought that he had like a fetish for impregnating women (laughs) i feel like he does once he does it then it's like he's not interested and but i also think that it's possible that what's going on is he's getting these women pregnant either accidentally or quasi accidentally and then he is this guy who completely loses interest once she is pregnant and you know postpartum and this and that i mean the way his relationship with emily seemed so incredibly surface before she had the baby and then after she had the baby seems to have become non-existent I felt it was like the classic sort of toxic masculinity of oh you're no longer attractive to me once you've had a baby but of course you needed to have my baby otherwise you're of no use to me I also think that this falls into this whole like you know and I fell into this too because I met my husband when my when his son was four years old and he was such a good father. Like he loved his son so much. And when he would talk about him, he would light up. And when they would spend time together, it was like very touching. And one of the things I fell in love with my husband, one of the reasons I fell in love with him was his love for his child and the way they interacted and how, what a great dad I thought he was. And when we had our children, I expected that to happen the minute we came home from the hospital, right? And I Mm -hmm. expected him to be this great dad to this newborn and to this baby. And what I realized um, over time and having another child with him is that my husband's not a baby person. Like my husband is a small child person, meaning, and, and as I keep continuing to grow, but like he really excels when the kids are a little bit older and he can go do fun activities with them and they can interact more. But, like, the baby stuff is not really for him. I think most men are like that. I don't and, even think mo- many women like babies. I do, but I don't know many women who yeah, like babies as babies. much as I do. I, oh, yeah, you do. That's true. You do. I love babies. And I love your babies. Thank um, you. <laughs> and I, but I feel like um, there, and there are some men that really do kind of, like, step up. But I, I do see this also in my profession with people getting divorced their complaint is that, you know, they have these young children and they're going through divorce and they're like, he's just not helpful. We have these two little young kids and he's just not helpful. And I get it, but I'm, I almost feel like saying, just hang on a little bit more. This might not be his strength. And I don't mean it to, to sort of let him get like, excuse them altogether. No, but, but it's a cost-benefit analysis. If you know in the crystal ball that your husband is ultimately going to start doing better eventually, you're probably not going to divorce him. It's that you don't think he's going to do any better. Right. And, and you're frustrated and you're tired. And you're, it's yeah. like the worst part 
It's a pressure cooker. Which is why I always wonder why people think having a baby is going to save their relationship. I I think people who don't have any children think that. I don't think people who already have a kid think that. Yeah, because I feel like having a baby is the best way to test your relationship. (laughs) In like the most stressful way. Um, My whole like, my whole marriage completely shifted for permanently, I think, when we had kids. Like the way, and, and I still love my husband just as much. I love him more, but I I know him in, to be such such a different partner than I knew him to be before I had kids. Like everything yeah. genuinely changed. You know, it wasn't like there was no bait and switch. It was just, and I think that's the problem with a lot of people who get divorced when their kids are really really young is they each believe that there's been a bait and switch, but actually it's just that a fucking volcano just came and blew up in the middle of your house. You know, right? Because the thing she's complaining about with Sasha is like. He's on his phone or he's on yeah. his iPad and doesn't really want to interact with the baby. Yeah. And she wants her, him to be like an early childhood educator and like yeah. really involve herself. And I feel like I'm a little, I love babies. I do love babies, but I know myself well enough to know that I could not be a stay at home mother because I yeah. just don't have that patience to sit there and help them with their development and, and do all the things that I know people in daycare centers or where I've sent my children do because that's just not my skill set and that's not my interest. And so I feel like I would be like him. Like if I had to watch the baby, okay, the baby's playing. She's fine. He's fine, whatever. And I can get on my iPad and do my own thing. And that makes me sound terrible. But like, I just feel like she is, has so her expectations are so high for him and he's never going to meet them. No, I think that she's going to – I just don't know which is going to happen first. I, I know that they're both inevitable. Her lowering her expectations and him leaving her. I just don't know. Right. Like, it's like a chicken and egg situation. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Something's going to – something's got to give. Yeah. Um, because she's going to get frustrated with him. And he's already, like, getting checked frustrated out. with he's her. checked out. Totally checked out. She's just, like, literally a plane ticket – to the states. I mean, I, I I would bet so much money that within one year he will have impregnated some other American girl. Yeah, and moved on. <laughs> and can you blame him? No, I mean, I I think he needs to first of all get a vasectomy. Oh um, no, that would ruin his plan for world domination. He's building an army of half Russian people. <laughs> yes. I mean, I just yeah, it's and it's a hard situation. I mean, like. I kind of, I almost feel like why doesn't she just live in Russia? I don't think she's willing to live in Russia. I don't think so either, but it's sort of unfair to expect him to move to America when he already has two kids and that's the problem I have with her is that she is so selfish yeah. and so immature really because I don't think that even 5 years from now she would have reacted the same way as she did before she actually had a child in her arms mm-hmm. and at the age that she was at and also at the point in her life, because it seems clear to me that she just graduated from college. She was this like aimless millennial. She mm-hmm. decides to go teach Russian, you know, or English in Russia when she doesn't even speak Russian, makes no attempt to learn Russian. She's basically just putting off adulthood, you know, and making any real decisions. She gets knocked up, but then she's still that selfish kid. Yeah. Cause she hasn't, I don't think, I personally don't think you, go through the uh the 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 fire if you will of of motherhood and becoming this person who's putting someone else's interests above yours 
which I think all mothers do, um, until you actually have the kid. Like, I, I, I don't really count pregnancy for that, at least not okay. my first pregnancy. I barely understood what was even going on. But then when you become a mom, I think you start learning that you are not number one anymore. Right. And she was Has still in that. that no, she was still in that, like, me, me, me mentality when she got pregnant and when she made this decision that they needed to move. But what surprises me is ultimately it took a while for them. And it was this weird montage. Like it felt like it was from such a different program where they were clearly just checking in with her every like several months while she's waiting for this passport for the kid Mm -hmm. um, that was clearly very, very, very delayed. And the fact that in that like six month period, she didn't, develop enough because mm-hmm. I think those first six months of being a mom oh my god like changes yeah. every fiber of your being how did she not grow a conscience when it comes to taking this man away from two other children and taking him so far away that there's little to no chance that he's going to be able to maintain real relationships I, with them I have like no ability to relate to her because no me neither she really lost me there I got it when she, she was really pregnant, but... really really lost me because I mean as somebody who is with someone who yeah, has another child, yeah, like I, we've even talked, and you know this, we talked about like my husband's been offered an opportunity to work in London. That's right. And it's not even a question in my mind that we would wait until my son, my stepson goes off to college. Yeah. Like while he's in, even in high school, like he's not even a young child, he's in high school. There's no way we would leave and leave him here with his mom while we go spend a couple years in, in London. No. Like we, that's a, that is a question we will deal with after he's already off on his own in college somewhere. If, yep. if, if that's what he decides to do. But like, even when we moved to two different parts of the East Bay, like yeah. we're, in, we're in California in the East Bay and even choosing where to buy a home, you know, he was at the forefront of both of our minds. Like, how is this going to be? Is this going to be something we can do? Is this going to be something that's going to be easy for him to be able to get to school and to commute and to do all of these it's things? It's about priorities. Like he, he has your priority is a part of our family. Like he's not just this kid that he, my husband had with some other chick. Like he is a part a of our life. He's my he's kid's brother. You know? She treats these, Emily treats these two other kids like they're just like mulligans. Like it was yeah. strikes one and two, and then he hit a homer with her. And it's like, you moron, like you're just number three in a long line of women who are going to be impregnated by this Russian gym rat. And he can totally like, oh, your kid can visit our kid. Like, no, this is going to be your kid's sibling. These are your kid's siblings. Like, I don't understand how that's, I'm in, maybe they're so young now and I'm thinking, I was thinking that way then, but now even, I mean, my daughters, they love their brother. You know, they couldn't even imagine. They can't really wrap their head around the fact that he has a different mom. They're, they, they, under, they get it kind of, but like for them, it, he is their brother a hundred percent. I mean, my daughter, who's still only 18 months old or 19 or whatever, I've been able to see it in her since the day she was born that she loved her big brother. Like she yeah. was, has always, he's always been like the son to her mm-hmm. and she revolves around him and he is her favorite person and he's the most entertaining person and she wants to be him. And it started so young. 
So the idea that these other kids, who've got to be at least two by now. Have they even you met know, him? I don't know. That's, like, that's so crazy. I was surprised that the first wife was as nice and cordial and patient as she was in that dinner where I thought Emily was a complete brat. Yeah. And had I- no concern, you know. But I also think that, sadly... I think Emily, I, I think that we shouldn't be blaming her completely because I think she's taking Sasha's lead. I no, think I Sasha so obviously doesn't care about these kids that Emily can't bring herself to care about them either. And I also don't think that she wants to face the reality underlying the fact that a man doesn't care about his children. And I can't even imagine. I mean, I was surprised by his total meltdown with his parents. At yeah, the, that was weird. That was a They very, were surprised, very, too. Yeah, they're like, dude. And I thought it was interesting that the father was telling him, you're going to have a better life. Yeah. You know, like, that was also very poignant to me to hear that, you know, that he was, like, telling him, no, this is good for you, kid. You know, like, take this as a positive thing. You're going to have a better life. And... I don't know. That was very, it was very interesting to hear all of that. Well, I thought the mom's comments were really interesting. Like she was clearly holding back, but she still managed to say, there's no way this relationship is going to last. Oh, for sure. Like he, he, he has two marriages behind him. He, this guy cannot hold on to a relationship. And she's talking about her own son. And maybe this is like a Russian thing, you know, that they are more um, sanguine, you know, about stuff where she's just like, yeah, look at him. Like he, he isn't fit, you know, and now he's going to go. And the mom knows. The mom knows exactly what's going to happen. He's just going to go and create more grandchildren across the West Coast, the Pacific Northwest, that she's never going to meet, you know, because she's in fucking Russia. Mm-hmm. And she's sad about it, <laughs> which is fair enough. <laughs> right. Me too. If I created this, like, monster. You know? Yeah. I mean, because she's saying goodbye to a grandchild. That kid is so fat. (laughs) And I say this with love. Yes. What the fuck are they feeding him over there? That kid was like the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. They should have put like the little hat on him. I mean, he's so cute. He's gigantic. They keep putting him in these like totally age appropriate bassinets, but it looks like he is going to like suffocate (laughs) in his own folds. Yeah, he's like, he's a chump. Ba- the big boy pants, man. I mean, Jesus. Like, she could barely lift him. Yeah, he's a big kid. I loved he, it. I was like, is that how they make boy. him in Russia? I like it. He's cute. He's hella I, cute. I love a chunky kid. Oh, we all do. Oh, we all do. Neither uh, of my kids have been fat enough. That kid is, like, my new goal for my next baby. <laughs> all right. So, we've agreed they're not going to last. No. <laughs> okay. So now let's move on to another couple who I don't think will last, but I sort of love him. Um, Tanya and Sinjin. Oh, yeah. This is rough. I love him. Oh, I do too. But you I know would what? have I... totally, totally fallen for him yeah. back in the day. I don't, he you, you is like my a lighter, type. You like a lighter complexion. I like him a little more swarthy. Yeah, I know. He's, I don't like that red he hair. Would I'm have, not attracted to that. The big... Like the kind of big, like rough guy. Oh my god! No, that I like. He would have been like his long hair. Oh yeah, he would have been my type for shiz. I have to make full disclosure before I even discuss this couple and say 
they remind me a lot of me and my like first serious boyfriend where I was just like so type A, so perfectionist, so controlling. I was so immature. I had no ability to compromise. Now, she, like we've already discussed, she's way too old. To she's be too that. old to be this way. Yeah, and it's like, is. it's too much. I can't believe she's going to fucking Costa Rica right now. It's or so where is she up. going? No, she is. is she's going to Costa Rica yeah. so that she can do some kind of like shaman course. And it's like, I'm sorry, whatever the fuck you're doing for 30 days is not going to be enough to build a business on. So just put it off another year. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's I mean, stupid. this is the only time in her life that she really could not go. And she's going. And she's leaving him with the, her psycho mother. Her mom's awful. She's like a witch. But she's like Tanya. Tanya's so rigid. Yeah. Yeah. That it's never going to last because... No. She can't compromise. It takes two to tango. He, he's going to be the guy who compromises for her because he really loves her. Yeah. I and mean, then they, eventually he's going to turn this, to resentment and yeah. then that's it. They have this wonderful love relationship, which I do no, see. And I see it's real and everything. Yeah. But the hard but, part for them is going to be that she can't compromise and he's going to be compromising way too much. Yeah. And eventually it's just going to eat him alive. And he's going to be like, I can't do this anymore. And that's what happened in my first relationship. Yeah. And I remember learning the hard lesson I learned from that relationship is that love is not enough. Like you could be so in love yeah. with each other and we were and, and not absolutely not have a working adult partnership. And of course we were very, very young. We were in college. So of course yeah. you learn from that. And then I, I met another man who ended up being like my first boyfriend, like Sinjin, very giving very loving, very open, very go with the flow, you know, a good offset to me and my like Tanya-esque style. But by the time I met my, and I'm talking about my husband, by the time I met him, I had had that first relationship. Right. I learned those hard lessons that you can't just shove the round peg into the square hole and everybody's happy. Um, yeah. It doesn't work. And that you have to compromise too, or you're simply going to lose the relationship. So because I... I'm old enough now to control myself a little bit better and I don't want to lose my husband. It is a daily struggle for me to not just roll right over him mm -hmm. because I can't is the problem. He's right. such a nice guy. Like he'll let me. And that's been the greatest lesson of all is realizing it's not me against somebody else in any situation. It's certainly not me against my husband. It's me against myself. Right. It's me fighting against my own like baser instincts of just wanting like fucking steamroll somebody to get what I want. And realizing mm -hmm. that because he's my partner, if I steamroll him, I'm really steamrolling myself. <laughs> right. But it takes, it takes foresight and self-discipline and introspection to get there. And that's what you hope to get with age. And it's what I hope I've gotten with age. And I only learn more and more every day. And I compromise more and more every day. Right. And, and she doesn't seem to be making any progress at all. At all. It's unfortunate. It's like, who has their starter relationship at 29? Yeah. I mean, I guess people do. I shouldn't judge. I mean, I guess, you know, the marriage, first marriages fail a lot. People who get married young, like, why? Of course, it's because they haven't learned these things. But I don't know. I just, she really irritates me because it's just the writing on the wall and I see myself in her. I and see, I'm like, bitch, I, I understand together. that too. But I also just like, she needs to be able to compromise. That's one thing. But also, like, she's, she's very, um, type a and very focused on what's important to her like mm -hmm. you couldn't get the fucking shed ready for him well it sounds like that's a project that will never actually end i know but it was like so awful like she couldn't get her shit together to do that for him like the one thing 
Yeah, because she doesn't because she's she doesn't care. I mean, she's she's just selfish. She's only thinking about herself and she's not realizing that if she does that forever, she's just going to be alone because nobody wants to be in a relationship with somebody who only thinks about himself. Right. I know. Because that's not a relationship. That's just, yeah. you know, someone living alone in a cave somewhere. Yeah. That, I, don't, that, that, I don't know. I, I just love him. I love him too. I don't think he's. I think they're going to get married and then I think they're going to get divorced like pretty soon thereafter. I don't think they're even going to have a kid or anything. I mean, I see, I think that they will have a kid. It could be. It could be. I think they'll have a kid. I think that he'll let her run the show for a while. And hopefully, I mean, I'm hopeful for these guys only because I love them and I love him so much. I'm hopeful for his sake that over her having a child and her kind of growing up in this relationship that she's able to sort of be who she needs to be in order to make this work. See, but I think she's only going to become more rigid when she has a baby. Yeah, maybe. And she's only going to have even more expectations of him and even less patience with him. If such a thing exists, you know, right now they're in this perfect, like honeymoon stage. Look at them in their honeymoon stage. Yeah, I know. And they're like barely hanging together. I know. So, and, and the way, the, the, the reason I say what I said about the longevity or lack thereof of their relationship is because of the way he talks about it. And he is really saying over and over and over again, because he clearly really believes this, that this is a test period. She doesn't see this as a test period. No. She doesn't see anything as a test period. As long as it's what she wants, it's a done deal. She genuinely does not understand that he is looking at this relatively soberly Uh and trying to actually figure out whether he can live with this woman because they've never lived in the same country. So that's the thing with 90 Day Fiance. We always come back to it, right? Like, these are fish-out-of-water stories at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. These people don't know what it's like to really be together. And he is smart enough because I, I think he is relatively introspective and in all those things that I mentioned she's lacking. I think he has. And I don't think he's going to marry or stay very long to someone who he really is seeing every single day is never going to put him even in line with her in terms of what her priorities are. Yeah, I think that's true. And it's sad. It is sad. He came all the way from South Africa to get his fucking heart broken. I mean, that's what's going to happen. That's... And she's just going to blame him. She's not going to learn anything. No, she won't. That's how it is. That's how it works. But I really hope. I really, I mean, I don't know. I just love him so much. I do too. And he does remind me of my ex-boyfriend. Although they don't look anything alike. He actually kind of looks like my ex-boyfriend. Except my ex-boyfriend is bald now. But... <laughs> he, has, he has way more hair than my ex-boyfriend had. Um, is there anyone? Oh, we have Robert and Annie. This is this is a rough cut. This is wait, dark. Is this? Oh yeah. Oh, God, I hate them. And we all hate them. I hate them. They're not going to last. She's a gold digger. He has no gold. Bottom line. Period. Yeah, she's like this weird, like West Side Story stereotype of someone for the Dominican Republic. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Like the way she speaks. And everything, her affect and her tone. I actually kind of love it, but it, it seems almost put on. You know, it's kind of like how Gina from the Real Housewives of Orange County, I think, has developed a thicker and thicker Long Island accent as time has passed, which doesn't really make any sense because she's only lived away longer and longer. It's like someone who – I actually do this too. When I'm around people from New Jersey, I start with a little bit of a Jersey accent. It's yeah. like if you're kind of not where you're from but you want to hold on to it a little bit, yeah, you might do that. And I get that from Annie and that actually cracks me up. So that's the only thing I enjoy about her is when she gets kind of like all, 
you know, Dominicana on us with this sort of like attitude and this affect that I think is actually really fun. Although I have to say, I'm, I have been more team him because I think she's so awful. But at the same time, five kids. That was rough. Like, what the fuck, dude? And he didn't tell her. Like, he wasn't honest with her about it. Yeah, that's, that's not something that you can up. hide. And, you know, what kind of relationships does he have with these kids? I don't know. I truly don't know. He's not telling us. I don't know. And they live in Florida, so I don't know what the child support laws are there. But I'm guessing a lot of his money is going to different women. Well, I think some of them live in New York because he was saying that this sort of happened while he was in Brooklyn, which is where he's from, and that he was living sort of like a wild young man lifestyle in Brooklyn and sort of fathered all these kids. So I, that's well, why I'm that's why I'm wondering how much he really interacts with them because if they live in New York, I mean, that's a flight. Yeah, he's probably not interacting with them much at all. So that's sad. Yeah, I just think it's just weird. Like five kids, fuck, man. And if she's actually thinking she's going to have a kid, like that's a lot. I just think, just call it. Find another, find another way to get here, Annie, because I'm sure there are plenty of other suckers. And then, the, I mean, the the mother-in-law or whatever, the porn star. Oh God, it's it's so funny to me. She's so judgmental. And she's, you know, <laughs> I mean, not there's anything wrong with being, you know, I imagine she qualifies as sort of the, the MILF porn star. Oh, for sure. She's a gilf. Um, she's a grandma. Or even a gilf. Um, but, you know, it's like people in glass houses. I know. About, and asking out of the blue the first time she meets her about birth control, it's like, that is so inappropriate. And it's not a for business. sure. And she genuinely does not understand that it's not of her business. She has no tact. No, 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 no. But I think that's just her personality. I mean, I think that's just kind of who she is. And she's not going to ever get along with Annie. No, she's so crazy. I just the whole thing. And Annie doesn't like her either. I mean, it's just not going to happen. No, they just need to call it. It's it's annoying to watch. And that well, poor with, with Bryson. Yeah, you can't you cannot do this. And now he's getting used to having this like woman at home taking care of him and he doesn't appear to have a mom in his life. So yeah. he is going to develop that relationship with her so quickly and it's mm-hmm. going to become so important to him so fast. I, it's just too dark. It's way too dark. And I hate when they do this on 90 day where it's just too dark. I know. It just well, ruins it. And then we have like another stupid relationship with, or I'm sorry, do, are you ready to go on? Oh, totally. Anna and Marcel. Marcel. Ugh hate them the beekeepers it's so stupid she's so desperate for someone that she's willing to settle for someone she cannot communicate with who doesn't want her children i think she's just sinking as like a single mom and she's just so overwhelmed she's lonely yeah she wants anyone and this guy she wants has support ex- in the storm and she found this guy who has shown her some attention and has shown he's interested but He's just not the right one. I don't get what, what's in it for him. That, that's the part that is totally mystifying to me. Because well, I don't think this is a green card situation. I mean, he's no, singing he wants the praises her, of Turkey. He wants, her to go, he wants her to move back to Turkey. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, he can't talk to her. All the, all the reasons that she shouldn't be with him, and it just shows how desperate she is that she is with him, they don't apply to him. So I, I think he likes her. It. I think that his, he's got a very tight relationship with his parents. And I think he is, for some reason, unable to find somebody in Turkey to marry. And so this is who he's kind of hung his hat on. I don't know. Yeah, that one I don't get. I, I, 
It's an yeah. It's an odd situation. I will agree with you there. I mean, maybe for him it's just sunk costs, you know, because I think that they were able to communicate so much more effectively when he was gone because everything was through the translator anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe he really fell in love with her and who she is. She seems very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he has to go through this whole process and he comes here and now it's this thing of like, oh, like, do I really, do I really, you know, write this off? All right. This, all this time and energy and this and that. I mean, I'm guessing that's what's really going on because he does seem prepared to just leave, you know, yeah. if it's really not going to work. So I think he's just giving it kind of his best shot. And I doubt he's very confident that the relationship is really going to last. He just doesn't seem, he doesn't seem all in. Yeah, I agree. He, I mean, he, yeah, he doesn't. And I just think when you have like such, a, they just have such difficulty communicating. I just don't understand how it could possibly get any, I, I don't know. I mean, neither one of them seem in, interested in learning the other's language seriously. Yeah, um, no, I agree. That I don't, has, he, I mean, he's planning to move back to Turkey and he's trying to convince her to leave her kids there and to go with him. Like, doesn't he understand that's just not an option? Especially considering it doesn't seem like their dads are in the picture or dad or whatever. I don't know the situation with her. I think it was one dad. I think it was just her ex-husband. Okay. So I don't, I don't see him as a viable option to stay with the kids. So I just don't understand where he thinks they're going to stay. And that's the issue. So this is where she loses me because I get why she wants to have this completely ridiculous relationship with this guy she can't understand but I cannot forgive her for you know just essentially abandoning her kids I mean even though she's not actually going to go the fact that she that you know they don't they don't feel confident you know they they said we don't believe you that you're not going to go she is allowing them to be doubtful of their own kind of security with her mm-hmm. because she's with this person who's showing such disregard for her kids and their yeah. well-being. So I just would never, I would never be in a relationship like that. Um, I just wouldn't have those conversations with them. Like, I mean, I get God. that she's, she, it's just weird. Those kids are very disrespectful too. Um, yeah, they are. Because I mean, to a certain degree, don't you want your mom to be happy? Like she's lonely. But yeah, but they know he doesn't like them. They don't trust him. That's the problem. I think that if he was, I mean, and they shouldn't. He is showing absolute disregard for them and their well-being and their humanity, you know, and like their place in the family. Like, why would you? And, and they're still like putting up with them. You know, they're not honestly as bad as they could be. They're just kind of ignoring him. They're hoping he'll go away because he doesn't fit into the family. Right. So, you know, I, I mean, I get it. No, I, I, I don't actually think that they are so bad. I think that they're scared and hurt and they're feeling like they can't even really talk to their mom. So they're just kind of hiding their heads under the blanket. And that's, that's, again, that's why she loses me on this. Yeah. She's, she's put them in such an, in a, a te- such a tenuous position within their own household and their own family. It's, I think it's unforgivable. Yeah. But I don't think she's doing it knowingly. I think she's doing it. With her head cut off, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I think she's just, I think she's just sad, quite frankly. She's just and sad. And they said that thing about her, like, never being happy or whatever. I was like, what's that about? I know. Poor thing. I feel bad for her. 
I do too. I feel bad for her, but she's barking up the wrong tree. She is. He's never, they're just, I just. I don't think they're even going to get married. I mean. It's so hard to have. I don't think they should get married. I think they should just call it and she should go look for somebody else local. Yeah, I think she's going to have that realization, like, as he gets closer, closer. I think it's very, it's very, very uh, momentous that, you know, in these moments where she's, like, at a bridal shower or she's trying on a dress, she has these, like, moments of extreme doubt, you know, like, as it's getting more and more real and more and more imminent, she's having to face the reality more and more that it's an impossible situation. Yeah, of course. She's just, like, allowing herself to ride this wave for as long as she possibly can and then... Ultimately, I think she will put her kids first and she won't marry him. Yeah, she has to. Or she'll marry him, but, you know, she's going to have one foot out the door or whatever. All right, let's see. who. Oh, my God. Mike and Natalie. Oh, yeah. This is the farmer dude who's, like, in severe debt and the Ukrainian very well-educated woman who is desperate to have a child. You know what's annoying is that they 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 kind of messed with me on this where they showed this preview maybe like the first episode of the whole season where they were sort of giving a little preview of the whole season kind of the whole arc i don't remember when this happened but we saw this little snippet of a confessional with them together mike and natalie is that her name natalie yeah yeah together presumably once they had come to the, she had come to the united states and the producer like asks him something like oh do you think that she really loves you or whatever or he asks her do you really love me and she doesn't answer and he like gets up and he's like oh that's a no and he takes off his mic I have such a hard time reconciling that snippet with what we've actually seen so far mm-hmm. I don't understand like I don't think she's using him but you know what's going on there and I'm guessing it's just going to be that she's just found out he's in debt or something and they're going to have made it look like something it's not but they seem like they love each other. They do, but she's so desperate to have a child. And I think when he reveals to her how in debt he is. Yeah. And that it's not going to be financially feasible for them to have a child. She's going, I don't know. I don't know if they'll Maybe lie. that's what it is. Maybe. And like, maybe that's why you know. I'm also thinking it's not going to last because I do remember that snippet as well. I agree. I, I don't think, think they're just very last. different. I think they're just really different people. And they and you don't you don't get the opportunity to figure out these rough edges that you have with each other when you are so far apart. And I think that's like the bread and butter once again of this whole franchise. It's just right. you have this perfect like combustible, you know, resource of basically a total lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. But you have all the passion, all the stuff, like maybe they've managed to be together, you know, to have sex or they are you know they're connecting very deeply um, just on a sort of emotional level. A stuff or the goals or the priorities, right? you know, is, is not even being hidden. It's just not apparent Mm -hmm. because you're not together. Yeah, I agree. And you're always in vacation mode, you know, him going to the Ukraine or whatever it is. Yeah. And they're just on this vacation. And I'm like, you know, that's, you know, and actually, I can relate directly to this because what I was talking about with that first boyfriend of mine, I met him about two or three months before I went to live in England for a year. Mm-hmm. So we became, we fell in love really quickly. We became super serious immediately. And we knew that I was going to be gone for a year. 
and he would come visit me and I would come home and we saw each other a decent amount. But of course we were only ever really in vacation mode. And it was almost as soon as he got, as I got back, that things fell, started falling apart. And we stayed together for a long time after that because we did love each other a lot, but it was, it, we had like a whole year of a, what I thought was a perfect relationship that would end in a happy marriage mm-hmm. because we weren't really dealing with each other on the nitty gritty, mm-hmm. like the stuff that a marriage is really built on the day to day stuff, the dealing with the tough stuff. You know, he wasn't around when I was stressed out writing a paper right. or taking a final exam and vice versa. He only was there when I had time to call him or video message him or we saw each other where we were just, you know, not going to class and, you know, just having fun. And it's the same thing with these people. It's, a, it's really an impossible situation. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's never going to be real until she's able to come and be in his world with Uncle Boo, you know. I think she's going to leave him for Uncle Boo. Yeah. That's what I would do. That would be awesome. Is it Boo or Bo? Bo. Yeah, it's Bo. Speaking of Bo, have you heard about all this? Sorry, we're getting off topic, but have you heard about like Stassi Schroeder and now she has this like traveling minstrel show and I think Bo goes with her and they're getting married. Do you think our relationship is real? I think their relationship is real. I don't know what's going on that it's maybe has evolved into something else, but I think it's real. I think, isn't he kind of unemployed? Well, that's my concern. I'm worried that he's just sort of like hitched his wagon to her star and she's not going to be famous forever. I mean, let's face it. She's not talented. She's not funny. She's not really that beautiful. You know, the show's not going to last forever. She frankly is a lot less interesting now that she's in a relationship on the show. You know, what happens there? Like when the lights fade. Right. I have my doubts. It's sort of, and I, I'm sort of dovetailing it with this, not just because of the name Bo, but specifically because it kind of goes to what I'm talking about, where they've gotten together in this like fairy tale, fairyland situation. What happens when that part's over and the nitty gritty and the day to day sets in? I just think I, it's, yeah. I think that's why people get married in a way, is because you want to have this commitment before you really know what it's going to be like to live an entire life with someone. You want to make that commitment. So it's just that much harder to just leave, you know, like in a sense, it's funny that we get married first, but before we know what it's really like to be married to someone, obviously. Right. Well, there's that, like, there's also that show that we could start watching married at first sight. Oh, good point. I've heard such good things about that. I haven't gone down that rabbit hole yet, but that might be an interesting Thing to uh, dissect. Well, have you seen this season of Love After Lockup, by the way? I have been watching part. I haven't gotten all the way through it. But that's another sort of, we talked about this, how there's so many um, similarities yes. in the yeah. two, in 90 Day Fiance. And it's this whole thing about having a relationship not in person and not in real life until, and then when you finally do, you realize how very different you are. And how you, know, you have to overcome all these things. Not to do spoilers, but, like, obviously it's already come out. The whole season has finished. The, the finale and everything is done for this season of Love After Lockout. So I'm just going to spoil it. Um, what was really funny about this season, going to your point, 
is that in the finale, almost every single couple just like suddenly breaks up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you've been following them this whole season. You know, they've been going through these kind of like normal or whatever couple issues. And then like very abruptly in just the last episode, suddenly they all break up. People who are engaged and engagements, you know, people who are about to get engaged, decide not to get engaged and just completely, it, it was very odd you know it didn't have like a normal arc um it was more like a wave cresting and then crashing all of a sudden I wonder if they did that on purpose or or what but I don't know that was just an interesting aspect of this season yeah that is weird that well I guess maybe they just you know if it it could have been like the writing was on the wall but they don't want to like let the spoiler out till the end yeah that's probably what it was and then of course god knows what kind of tricks they're playing with time i mean we really saw that with that like weird three-way last season with the guy who had the girlfriend and the wife where you could tell that there was just odd stuff going on with when they were showing us stuff versus when it was really happening Mm mm-hmm but have we have we covered all the ninety day couples? I think we have, right? Uh, except for the worst couple ever, um, Michael and Angela. Okay, I'm blanking. Oh God, I think I repressed them. Yeah, they're so heinous. Oh my God, there was this scene. Was it was it with them? I don't know. Whatever. When it, whenever they show anything related to like a sex scene with them. I'm so just gross. so upset. I'm like, please oh, don't do this. Oh, with the Trump underwear and shit. The Trump underwear. Oh, I just the can't. They're the worst. I don't want to see her getting Botox. I don't want to see any of it. And he had such a green card marriage. It's like, oh, we have to watch the green card marriage, the straight green card marriage, because I think the other ones are so much more interesting. I know. And I just am like, stop trying to profess your love for each other. Come on. And he, and he's constantly lying to her and manipulating her. There's like zero trust. But then again, what does she have to lose? I mean, I guess there's money. But other than that, really, honestly, like what does she have to lose? Nothing. Nothing. Did you she doesn't that, even want another kid. Did you hear that Tom and Jesse are like friends now? Wait. Tom, English Tom of Darcy and Tom. Oh yes, yes, yes. And then Jesse, they've oh my like God. they're on this like tour, this like social media tour now of saying how they're friends now and she's evil and a monster. Although I think she now has yet another new boyfriend from abroad. Mm. I could be wrong about that. But anyway, that was another funny tidbit. Speaking of people that I'm sort of sick of seeing, because she's had way too long of an arc for someone who's never even filed for a visa or gotten engaged. Right. She, that is true. It is interesting. I mean, she's never really properly been, a 90-day fiancé. No. She's just... She can't close the deal. She cannot. But... I, I'd rather see her sister, who is actually engaged to a foreigner. Uh, although she bothers me, too. My God. I mean, I don't think that guy's... I don't think they're ever, ever going to get married. I don't understand what they're doing. Her and Florian. It's like, why would, why would he want to be engaged for three years and not come over here? Like, isn't that the point? Yeah, I know. I don't know. It's very strange. I don't know. So yeah, Michael and Angela need to go away and never come back, please. But I don't, at this point, I genuinely don't care whether he comes here. I don't care whether they get married. I just don't want to see them anymore. Yeah, I agree. I don't either. I'm done with them. They irritate I, I don't me. Think... They're stupid. I hate, I hate listening to their 
stupid story. I just, I have no patience for it. Yeah. And they keep repeating it. Like Mm -hmm. they just, half of their, their screen time is like recaps Mm -hmm. because nothing really interesting is happening unless she's throwing a cake in his face, which is really only sort of the basis level of comedy, you know? Yeah, I know. It's just so bad. I just, every time they come on screen, I kind of tune it out because me too. we know. I like get on my phone. It's never going to last. It's not going to work. It's just going to be some stupid fight. And her voice irritates me. Yeah, she's just so crass. You know, it's, it's hard to, she's very hard to take. He's a good looking guy. He could find somebody else. Yeah, could, a, he, could he find an American? I don't know. He probably, I mean, he probably could. And one who could actually have a child with him. Yeah, that part's weird. If he's really holding on to that as a deal breaker and it's so obviously he's a deal that will be broken, like, what are we doing? Yeah, he needs to, he needs to get it together. Well, we'll see. I mean, it is a good season. It's it not is. the best season I've ever seen. No, but it's interesting. It's, a, it's keeping me um, interested, which is good. <laughs> yeah, it's probably my favorite season of anything right now because OC has been – OC and Dallas have been, like, almost unwatchably boring this season. Jersey's good. Jersey's good. I don't know. I like Dallas. I uh, find it so boring this season. It's hard. It is hard to watch it. It's just. I just don't care. And the way they like glossed over Leanne's wedding and. Yeah. Because it was just so boring. And I don't like Carrie, the new Carrie. I liked the old Carrie. I liked the old Carrie. I do like the new Carrie only because I really don't like Leanne. Well, Leanne's making herself. I mean, Leanne might be writing herself out of the show. Yeah. With the degree of, of um, you know, racism that she's displaying. Yes. I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that's going to work in this day and age. I agree. Hey, did we want to touch on the Shannon, um, divorce settlement issue? Oh yeah. Do we want to talk about that? Okay. So 90 day fiance listeners, if you listen to, if you watch Bravo as well, which of course you do, which of course not, (laughs) we're talking about real housewives of the OC, um, Shannon Bedore. And she's recently finalized her divorce with David Bedore. And she had mentioned in passing or had mentioned a couple episodes ago, I think that she went to, she talked to her lawyer and because of David's business and that it was created before they got married, that she might get nothing in the divorce. Which I thought was insane. Just given the state of community property law, especially in, California, but as you pointed out to me, I think so, she was probably he was probably arguing that it was market conditions. Right. So there's two different things. When you have a business and you own it before you get married, it is technically a separate property business. However, that business could have a community property component to it if it grows during the marriage. And if your work efforts contribute to the growth of that business over the marriage. Now, what typically happens is if you have a business and you work at that business during the marriage, you bring home a paycheck, you pay yourself an income. That income is supposed to be compensation for your work efforts. So that income that you brought home, those paychecks are the community property component. What I believe Shannon's lawyer was probably arguing and what she was arguing in court was yes, he was compensated and he was given a paycheck and we, the community enjoyed that money from the fruits of his labor. But the 
growth of the company was also in part due to his work efforts that were not compensated via income and Mm -hmm. that it grew so much that the community should be able to enjoy some of that as well. And so I think that's where her lawyer was trying to prepare her for the worst saying a judge could rule that, Hey, you were, the community was compensated. He took pay checks home. You guys enjoyed it. That's it. He gets his business. And what ultimately ended up happening was the judge ruled that I don't know what exactly. No, they settled. They settled. But I'm sure part of the settlement was that she's, she gets a portion of what the company is valued at. So she got a couple million, some millions of dollars or whatever for that. And she's taking home a pretty significant support payment every month. I mean, $10,000. 10K. Yeah. That's a lot of support. That's a shit ton. That's a shit ton. But now I get, I, again, one of those kids is with her most of the time. So that, that's where a lot. Two of them. Cause the, the younger ones are twins. Oh, I thought the older one was the one that didn't go to her dad every other week or whatever. Oh, I thought Sophie was the one know. who doesn't go over to see her dad. I was just thinking about the fact that the younger ones are like younger and so they'll be in the house longer, but you meant because of the actual visitation. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't know what their timeshare with their dad is, but timeshare affects how much he has to pay. Um, also her income versus his income. So he must still make quite a bit of money. And then I'm sure she's getting spousal support. Um, and he's supposedly posting like sort of quasi nude photos on social media with his new yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, that's just awkward. And that's isn't she pregnant? Cut. I don't know. I did not hear that. Oh God, the whole thing. I hate how cool. it just becomes such these things. It's like, oh my God, it's so predictable. Like they just, be, they devolve. They devolve so quickly into mm-hmm. these like massive soap operas. And you think about the Shannon that we met at the beginning, you know, when she first joined the show. Yeah. And she was living in this house that she had built with no Wi-Fi so that there would be no like interference in her little pea brain and, you know, living this sort of fantasy life and fast forward, not even that long and yeah. she's divorced and her husband's posting nude pictures online and he's gotten his girlfriend pregnant. And it's like, how do we get from here to there? You know, I don't know. I think that's one of the reasons we love these shows so much is because all this stuff, there's all these possibilities, you know, just below the surface, even people that we know, you know, like it's as if there is this level of, of sort of grime that is actually ever present everywhere, but that only really gets a light shined on it in situations like these when people end up with a platform and, you know, this and that. It's very interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. It's, um, they sort of become caricatures of themselves. Yeah, caricatures of human nature too. Mm-hmm. You know, like the man who can't keep it in his pants and, you know, this and that. The divorced, scorned woman. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel bad for I mean, I'm glad it's over. I hope she gets remarried and is happy. I ultimately believe that he was the problem. Like, I blame the divorce and all this stuff on him. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she was happily married and she had kind of shown him her cards. And, and over time, you know, he got the itch and this and that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And that's too bad. I mean, I think she, like I said, I think she thought she had this life and she had it for a long time and, you know, she, and it, she didn't in the end. So I feel badly for her. I hope, I, I think she'll end up working it out. It's kind of like Vicky, you know, in the end, I think however long it takes, you know, I think they'll get back on their feet. Yeah. 
But I think that's about it for this episode. I think so too. So we will hopefully um, be back next week with another updated 90 day fiance. Sounds good. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Katie. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Legal disclaimer. This is a personal podcast just for fun, solely meant for entertainment purposes. We are lawyers, but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast. We're not creating any kind of attorney-client relationship in the podcast. And also keep in mind that anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality, or anything or anyone else. Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Saad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you.